Chapter 16 of Bon Marie. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Rolly. Bon Marie, a tale of Normandy and Paris by Henri Creville. Translated by Mary Neal Sherwood. Chapter 16 The Painter louis morin was what the world calls a charming fellow he was amiable obliging and yet by no means without a goodly share of masculine selfishness he was generally gay but sometimes morose and suspicious but these last qualities were suspected only by the few persons who knew him intimately perhaps friendly reader you may have known some of these charming fellows who are at the back and bidding of their lady friends always willing to execute a commission obliging to a degree with a purse whose strings slide easily who always have a word of consolation and encouragement for the downcast who in short are always thoughtful and agreeable in society but in their homes they are changed beings no one must ask them for the smallest assistance everything annoys and fatigues them they have no money the chimney smokes they growl at their wives and snap at the servants you need not call them hypocrites for they are nothing of the kind they simply have a fixed idea that it is the height of folly to take any trouble for one's family and prefer to reserve all their amiability for the families of other men ask of kind heaven therefore that these amiable youth may never come to regard you as one of themselves louis morin was a painter after struggling for four or five years and exhibiting at each salon extremely clever pictures conscientiously painted but whose subjects were rather serious and productive of little attention and no money he at last struck out on a new path and painted extremely ugly groups of men drinking and carousing these were full of faults but they caught the eye he did not send these to the salon for they would have been rejected with holy horror and just indignation but he put them into the hands of picture dealers and found they were quickly bought by amateurs possibly from the same mysterious reason which makes people think those frightful bulldog pictures beautiful each canvas brought him fifty francs and as he painted six monthly the amount they brought in per annum was not to be despised one day however it came to pass that as he was looking at his last work displayed in the window of a picture dealer he saw a gentleman enter the shop and ask to see it he examined it and finally purchased it and apparently fearing that he should lose the precious object he walked out of the shop with it under his arm morin outside in the street had witnessed the whole scene and stopped the amateur as soon as he reached the sidewalk i beg your pardon sir he said but will you tell me how much you have just paid for that picture the man stared but answered slowly five hundred francs with the frame the amateur was more amazed than before but he answered murkily yes with the frame 
and it was not dear replied morin enthusiastically and now sir let me tell you that it is i who paint these pictures and if you want any more i will paint them for you at four hundred francs with a frame and you to choose the subject and bowing politely to the amateur morin handed him his card and disappeared louis morin read the man yes that is the signature and this is his address i do not understand it is some joke i suppose but still i think i will call there to-morrow and thus it was that louis morin began to make his fortune at last as well as reputation from time to time he said to himself i should like to do some work worthy of the salon but life is very delightful in paris when one has almost as much money as one wants and to accomplish anything of value would have taken six months while in those same six months morin painted ten little horrors which each brought him in eight hundred francs it is easy therefore to see why he sent nothing more to the salon the price of the bouquets of white lilacs was therefore not as appalling to him as to many another and besides he had discovered a florist who sold them at a comparatively low price thanks to the politeness and the gaiety of the young artist who one day drew the woman's poetry with ten strokes of his pencil perhaps after all that is the thing i can do best said morin sadly as he contemplated the full red face of this fifty-year-old woman who had no longer the smallest pretensions to good looks i see i was born to paint portraits to-day he sat waiting for bonne marie armed with his white lilacs he suddenly had an original idea i will ask to paint her portrait he said to himself she cannot refuse that and i will send it to the salon this new notion delighted the young artist for in every way it could not fail to be profitable to him he did not care to throw away his time be it understood by my readers about eight o'clock morin saw bonne marie approaching in the misty september twilight she was dressed with the same simplicity as on the previous evening and wore in her breast a spray of white lilac as she saw the young artist she started back mademoiselle he said as he presented his bouquet will you not condescend to accept from my own hands the flowers which hitherto you have not refused and his eyes rested on the spray that trembled on the girl's corsage she silently took the bouquet thanks she said in a low voice as she moved on he stopped her mademoiselle lucienne your beauty is as wonderful as your talent and bonne marie blushing like a rose turned her face away with a smile to any other person this phrase would probably have seemed the merest commonplace but to her it was the most welcome and sincerest praise and therefore continued the young artist there should be a portrait painted of you which when you are no longer young you will like to look at and of which you may be proud all your life long bonne marie turned her lovely eyes on morin their blue depths were far less serene than usual my portrait she said but who will paint it i mademoiselle if you will permit me he was standing with uncovered head addressing her as if she were his sovereign 
the ambitious young girl remembered that she had seen pictures of handsome youths who thus accosted great ladies and her pride was greatly flattered i do not know sir she replied you would not refuse me mademoiselle he cried this portrait may be the glory of my career and i count upon it to convince the frequenters of the next saloon and i am one of the first painters of the epoch louis morin was not modest most assuredly but then he made no pretensions to being so and this fact should induce any one to pardon this egoistically outburst bonne marie did not understand and she repeated vaguely the salon what salon the exhibition of pictures answered morin somewhat surprised at the ignorance of the charming singer and when will this exhibition take place continued bonne marie timidly in the spring answered morin more and more astonished the girl hesitated your proposition is most flattering she said at last but i cannot yet say whether i can accept it you would not be hard-hearted enough to refuse i am sure exclaimed the painter the discordant sounds of the orchestra tuning their instruments recalled bonne marie to a recollection of the duties of the present hour i neither refuse nor accept now she said hastily i must think about it but sir i cannot pay for this portrait pay for the portrait interrupted the young man the more eagerly that he had not foreseen this resistance did i not say that i relied on this work to give me name and fame it is i who will be forever indebted to you we will see said bonne marie and saluting him with a gracious bow she glided past him and disappeared End of chapter sixteen recording by monica raleigh